you have learned much about me. You've stumbled onto the sleeping giant. Let's broaden our minds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sleeping Giant Podcast. I am your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me once more. It has been a crazy month for me, but also an extremely productive month. I've taken nearly two weeks off of work, and in that time, I have celebrated my daughter's sixth birthday, my 35th birthday, and started a new creative project. And, uh, well, that that may actually be it, but I have been... Um, extremely involved and occupied with the aforementioned business, so yeah. All this, of course, is amongst the release of a brand new trailer for The Mandalorian, Joker, and some extremely titillating footage from The Rise of Skywalker, which was shown at uh, D23. Oh yeah, and the announcement of uh, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and drumroll, please. Well, not a literal drumroll, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Obi-Wan Kenobi television series, also on Disney+. Plus. It's quite a time to be a fan, ladies and gentlemen. That is for sure. Okay, we are going to touch on a few of those things in this month's show, certainly. But I am most excited to feature a conversation between myself and Mr. Luke Summerfield, Luke's a great friend, and uh, I've been badgering him for some time now to join me on the show, and he finally succumbed to my nagging, and uh, I couldn't be more grateful for that. Luke is a toy photographer and a huge fan of Star Wars, and I think y'all will enjoy hearing what he has to say. So, in the meantime, y'all get comfy. We are about to begin. All right, so how about those trailers and previews, y'all? I don't know about you, but I am stoked. Obviously, there is a lot of buzz surrounding both The Mandalorian and the D23 footage from Episode 9, featuring a dark ray with a red-hued and double-bladed saber. And I'm going to hold off on that for right now, as Luke and I are going to get into that pretty well in a bit here. However, the film that I would like to talk about right now is Joker from director Todd Phillips. This film stars the incredible Joaquin Phoenix as the uh, the title character, the the visibly well-meaning but clearly mentally unstable Arthur Fleck, who, as we all likely know by this point, does suffer some type of emotional and psychological breakdown that births the clown prince of crime. First, I'd like to say that I'm enamored of the character of Joker. He represents, for me, an avatar of often necessary destruction, chaos, tragedy, but also what Grant Morrison, excuse me, Grant Morrison once termed uh, hypersensitivity in his book uh, Arkham Asylum that he did with uh, Dave McKean back in the day. I am probably going to get points added to my Alan Moore fan club card for saying that, but I do find that term as incredibly useful for my understanding of the character of Joker. The term supposes that Joker actually went more or less so insane that he lapped insanity and came back around to sanity. And so 
in a way, I suppose that's saying that his illusions of the world have been stripped away and all of what we would probably consider normal constructs of right and wrong and morality um, are irrelevant to him. So as such, I've often perceived that the character is sort of an archetype and almost elemental in his existence and in some ways, for me, a personal totem. And I will not elaborate on that at this time. Moving on, I have to admit that I was a little shocked to see how many people are the opposite of excited about this movie. And, you know, that's okay. I I was so wrapped up in my own anticipation. I'm still wrapped up in my own anticipation. But uh, either way, I forgot about, you know, uh, personal take uh, and uh, opinion and how often they do, in fact, differ from person to person. So I was most taken aback when I had seen a comment on Twitter that suggested the film was a love letter to mentally imbalanced males who lash out and murder murder people in mass after being disappointed personally in some way or uh, you know let down or hurt by the world in some way and it really has me thinking actually and re-examining my attitude towards Joker and this film specifically, of course, my knee-jerk initial reaction is, you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm trying to kind of, you know, walk myself back from that approach to things and and look at things a little bit more critically. And uh, in so doing, regarding this movie, I, I've developed the notion that, and this is all based simply on the very few things that Joaquin Phoenix has said, uh, more so on the things that I've read, from Todd Phillips, and then, of course, seeing clips, images, and, of course, the teaser trailer and the full trailer that we got on the 28th of this month. Um, so I've I've taken a look at these things and really thought about them, and, and, you know, I've come up with the notion, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in this, but I had the idea that, um, you know, with this being a character study of how a person, specifically Arthur Fleck, could be driven to the level of Joker insanity, um, it seems like it could potentially be a commentary on mental illness, the reality of mental illness, and how ignoring it can be a far more grave mistake than addressing it. And make make of that what you will. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to find that it does not illuminate the accessibility to quality emotional and psychological help in this nation um, in the most favorable light. So in short, I don't think that it's about glorifying a murderer or murders. I think likely the film, um, you know, th- thinking about the film after all, it's it, it's a fictional supervillain, um, number one. And, and to quote a previous incarnation, of the Ace of Knaves, why so serious? You know, I think, you know, we need to look at these issues, but also in the context of a film, and and maybe not take that so seriously and understand that it is a fictional character of the Joker. Um, so, you know, at the, the very least, though, I think that uh, it's it's giving human beings access to the care that they need that should be taken seriously if we're going to take anything seriously at all. There, um, the division in my mind is clear, though, at least to me in regard to the idea that while the Joker is the film's protagonist, he is not, at least 
after he he makes this transformation, he is not a good guy, not remotely. Um, I certainly didn't root for him when he paralyzed and humiliated Barbara Gordon, and I doubt that I'm going to root for him when he may do similar things in this upcoming film. Um, I will, however, be watching critically with an eye for character and exposition and, uh, and with interested observation of how the film affects me emotionally. Further, I've, I've had a, a smattering of, of DC writers that I've read and listened to say that uh, the Joker is the character that will make you laugh and if he's written well, he will make you laugh at extremely dark and inappropriate times. So, you know, there there will be that entertainment aspect to look forward to. But I think, you know, you're you're gonna have to take a take a look at yourself when you when you see at what moments you're actually laughing. So yeah, I think that this film will be entertaining, but I also think that it will be a visceral, uh, perhaps quite visceral look at some of humanity's darker corners that we too often ignore and perhaps we should be should be bringing those spaces to the to the light uh, for levity sure but also for for both health and healing and hey I I could be wrong I could be wrong uh, what I can tell you is that uh, I will be one of the first in line to see this picture and make up my mind for myself all right you gals and guys it is time for my personal favorite of the show, wherein we bring in our special guest. As mentioned, I'll be sharing a conversation between Mr. Luke Summerfield and myself, where Luke shares a bit about toy photography, being an AFOL, and our mutual love for Star Wars. Here we go. Luke, you there, bud? Yeah, good. I'm here. I am so glad to finally have you here. Thanks for uh, for taking the time out of your evening to join me. Yeah, it's good to finally be on, man. For you listening, um, this is actually Luke Summerfield. It's Snicked87 on Instagram. Uh, Luke and I have become pretty good friends over the last couple of years via the boys from Blah Wars. Um, so if you're not listening to that podcast, definitely make sure that you are. And uh, how the hell is it going, Luke? Yeah, good. Good, yeah. Been looking forward to doing this for a while now. Been a bit nervous, but uh, it'd be good to finally do this. Hell yeah. What did we say earlier, taking your first steps into a larger world? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as our relatives aren't burnt to a crisp upon yeah. return. Yeah. The lack of emotional uh, response. Well, for those of you who, uh, who, who are perhaps meeting Luke for the first time or aren't familiar with his Instagram account, he actually has a very fucking cool uh, Lego photography account. Actually, it's, it's toy photography in general. Is that Does that sound accurate? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah, it? Yeah, it's mostly Lego photography, and I delve into a bit of um, other action figures, like the three and three-quarter-inch Star Wars figures. Mm-hmm. Is that like the I've Power of the Force the... stuff? Um, no, like the... Um, the newer stuff. I've done one gotcha. of um, old Luke from Force Awakens. Oh, okay. And some of the Marvel Legend figures, like uh, uh, Old Man Logan. Oh, yeah. Yep, is, I think I remember seeing really that. Cool figure. Yeah, but it's mostly Lego because I just like how the little cute world that Lego create. How long have you been photographing toys specifically? Well, I've done it off on and off um, most of my life, really. I've always played outside of action figures. Action figures were my life 
when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So every now and again, I've whacked my phone out and just uh, taken a few shots. But I'd say that the toy photography really kicked off was after The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And there was a lack of old Luke action figures or Lego figures. So I created my own little Lego Luke out of custom parts. And then I posted ah. that to Instagram, and that's when I really started getting stuck into the toy photography. So is there an old man Luke uh, Lego now, officially? Yeah, it, it came out with the Last Jedi stuff. And it gotcha. was the it's Luke training Ray. He's a little set. And I don't know for sure if I had even ever seen that being sold. You know what's funny is I don't buy Lego very yeah. often, if ever, but I always take time to look at it. When I'm in the store, because it, it still fascinates me. Yeah, um, once you once you start collecting it, it's a dark path. <laughs> I, I believe you. I don't know how many more dark paths I can uh, I can take now. They, you they had, teased the new Star Destroyer today. Oh, geez. Just a little video from Lego, just a shadow of a triangle coming across a, a, a living room. So are people going nuts? Yeah. You had mentioned that there was kind of the world of Lego that appealed to you. What else? drew you to lego specifically i just like the, the idea of these little figures you can just you know carry around in your pocket and they, they're just cute to look at and it's fun to recreate stuff with them like when you take them outside and you just you know you're down on the floor and you get into the little world mm-hmm. this it's just takes you away from uh, the everyday struggles of life i suppose <laughs> and now do you ever play lego with the kids do you guys put them together yeah, we do. We um, they have their Lego, and then there's Dad's Lego. Okay, so is so, it just so their, their Lego <laughs> is just in a massive mess in a bag sure. because they just right. destroy everything. And then in my uh, man cave, there's the, the stuff that's still built. And so it's hands off Dad le- Dad's Legos. It, under supervision. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Otherwise, he just he just gets wrecked. Sure. I, yeah. I have a few like that, too. Um, some of the Marvel Legends stuff, actually, my daughter is really fond of. And so she has hers. She has the ones that I've gotten for her. And she has some of mine that are on it. We'll call it an extended loan. And <laughs> so she knows that she has to take care of those. Yeah. And they can't get uh, and they can't get left around. Now, before you started photographing Lego, were you already a fan? Yeah, I was a fan of Lego, but uh, the, I'm sort of more obsessed with the minifigures mm-hmm. more than the actual sets because the the amount of different figures you can get is just the choice is great. So but you are I, an adult fan of Lego, or what is the yeah app? an A A fall okay. yeah. But the the obsession with the minifigures got worse. I was added to this um, Facebook group mm-hmm. where you basically trade minifigures. Oh. Yeah, it's like yeah. A very dark path. Where you I'm can sure just, I can get out of hand. Yeah, especially when some minifigures start pushing up fifty quid. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially the the one I really want is Padme, um, Queen Amidala from mm-hmm. uh, the Phantom Menace. So is that an official Lego figurine? Yeah, you know when she's in her red gown. Oh, okay. And when did that come out? Um, I can't. I'm not entirely sure. It's been out a while, but she's worth about. 45 pounds so gotcha. she's on the list gotcha that's that's the kind of figure i look for in like a car boot sale or as you call it a flea market flea market car boot uh let's see what else do we have thrift sale rummage yeah. sale yard sale uh, yeah 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do remember seeing that uh, that Logan, the old man Logan Marvel Legends photo that you had taken on your Instagram account. Um, I do actually remember seeing that. That was one of the first ones that I noticed. And uh, I was going to ask, how are those different uh, as opposed to Lego when you're photographing them? And, well, I, I've, I've noticed action figures don't reflect the light as much. Mm-hmm. I find Lego, because the face is so round, you mm-hmm. have to really work on your light then because the, the faces reflect. Mm-hmm. And you've and it's all to do with the scale as well. When you're shooting bigger figures, you have to start making your scenes a lot bigger as well. Yeah. So yeah. I guess is is everything sort of about scale when it when it comes to uh, Lego and and action figure photography. Yeah, I think I prefer to shoot the Lego figures, but I do want to start um, shooting more with the neck line of figures as well. Like I've got a nice collection growing. I just haven't had a chance to shoot them yet. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can uh, we can all get a chance to see in those. I know you had mentioned that you had some stuff percolating, maybe. And yeah. uh, so, are you are you hoarding it and sitting on it for the time being? Well, the issue I had with my predator was it um, the claws were broken out of the box. Oh no! Well, they were stuck. So as I tried to pull the claws out, they snapped. So. I was trying to find the right glue for them. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I messaged Nick, and they were like, oh, yeah, you could just use um, Loctite glue. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks know? for the tip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I know that you are fond of, uh, of shooting landscapes and, and nature as well. And I was just going to ask, because I'm curious, what are the, the prime differences between between shooting outside and then, and then shooting action figures? And have you ever shot action figures outside? Yeah, I've done quite a lot outside. It's I only tend to come inside because the weather in the UK is, well, in Wales, is pretty questionable. <laughs> it's either windy or it's raining or it's so hot that you can just see that your figures are just melting. So. Sounds like Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we get a bit more rain in Florida, but uh, <laughs> I'd I vary it up. If, if the weather's bad, I'm indoors because you have more control indoors. It's like... Right. Um, one time I tried to shoot my Deadpool figure on a beach mm-hmm. and the wind just blew him away and he landed in the sea and the tide was taken over the eye. I tried to get in and get soaked to get him out. <laughs> but, but that's when, um, have you got blue tack over there? Blue tack? Like Is it like the, 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 the stuff you stick posters to the wall yeah. with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's your friend with that Lego photography. You can just ah. stick them to their little feet and... So many, yeah. so much of the smoke and mirrors. It seems with the yeah. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like I've burned awesome. a lot of my Lego as well. So with with the lighting, with real fire. Yeah. Oh, real fire. Okay, so you're taking it a step beyond what I was imagining. Yeah, I tried to do um, a lot of real world things, but then some stuff you can achieve with editing, which I'm getting better at, I suppose. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I know that, that people kind of do some outlander stuff, but I had never really imagined the that before. And and speaking of the behind the scenes shots that you post on your Instagram from time to time, I really enjoy those because uh, that peek behind the curtain, so to speak, yeah, I like, really fascinates me. I like to um, throw things at the wall and see what sticks. What's one of your favorite techniques that you've that you've read about or that you've personally discovered? since you've been photographing toys um incense sticks <laughs> yeah 
because you get a nice smell and you're all chilled out, and then you get you, I'm just sitting there blowing the smoke through the scene, just trying to create a bit of atmosphere. That's awesome. But um, I experimented with sparklers. You know my recent shot of um, mm-hmm. the new IG-11 from The Mandalorian? Yeah. I was lying down in the garden, and they had sparklers lying across the ground, trying okay. to create those sparks in the shot. I left to um, send you a shot of what happened to the Stormtrooper helmet. Because I sort of melted it. Oh yeah. So those yeah. are are those Lego Stormtrooper helmets? It's the price you pay helmets? when you try and do a real world uh, toy photography. Well, I think it seems like it's worth it in the uh, in the end. So where did yeah. you get all the helmets? All of the Stormtrooper helmets? Oh, I, I've I've gathered all the Stormtroopers over the years. So I've got quite a lot of Stormtroopers because you're guaranteed if you buy like a battle pack, you get a few troopers thrown in anyway with the big sets. Ah, it's like okay. their way of bulking out the figure count, you know. They, Gotcha. Yeah. That is Whereas really when you cool. buy like three and three quarter inch figures, mm-hmm. you, you've got to buy every individual Stormtrooper, whereas Lego just throw Stormtroopers at you left, right and center. That's pretty cool, actually. You know, ironically and unexpectedly, I wound up with a massive collection of Stormtroopers uh, from the 95 on power of the force line i don't know how i did it i think it's because some of them were variants um, or you know you had the i I don't know if you remember this but there was a kellogg's fruit loops mail away offer i think in 1995 and that was for the power of the force han and stormtrooper disguise so that was like the first trooper figure that we got outside of the regular stormtrooper and those figures were horrible but so, I mean, so there was that one, then there's Luke, of course, and uh, I don't know. I just kept winding up with all these stormtroopers. I think that that uh, some of them might have even belonged to other people, and they just were sort of consumed by my collection. Yeah. But, but whatever. That's neither neither here well, nor I there. I only ever had one Power of the Force figure. Which one? And he, and he it was Luke Skywalker um, when he's training on Dagobah. Now, now is that that's still the beefcake sculpt, right? Yeah, it's still a beefcake sculpt ones. Oh, Jesus. I don't, yeah, it's, it's full-on steroid Luke. I don't know what they were thinking with those sculpts, man. I don't... I, who does that appeal to? I don't know. Um, I mean, <laughs> really, because it's like... Okay, when Kenner came out with that line, I'm sure that they wanted kids to buy their toys, but I just... I can't really imagine them not knowing that a bunch of dudes in you know their 30s and 40s at this point <laughs> are going to run out and buy those immediately. And the, and the legs, they you have to put the legs at a funny angle to stand them up. Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> yeah. I think they skipped leg day. <laughs> yeah, it was a sore subject for me, the power of the force. Cause really? I wanted a lot for Christmas, and that Christmas that year, I can remember now, I wanted more to go with my look. I wanted... The um the Death Star Escape Swing Across set. Yeah, yep. But I remember my mother wouldn't get it because it didn't come with the action figures that were on the box. That was her rule. If it didn't have free figures with it, she would never purchase them. So this Christmas morning, I remember, oh, please, more Power of the Force figures. I got this lonely Luke Skywalker. I previously sold all my vintage Star Wars stuff to buy a Sega Mega Drive. Christmas morning... I remember opening the boxes and they were Star Wars bendums. Oh no. Yeah. Well, you know, be thankful, I think, is the general rule, right? A bird in yeah, the hand. I've, <laughs> I've still got some of the bendums. Really? But I, I can't. 
find my Luke Skywalker with his little, uh, look like a like a sex toy. His lightsaber was like a big floppy lightsaber. Was really oh disturbing. Jesus, that is yeah. a little upsetting. Uh, well, if you find them, you've definitely got to you've got to show those to me because I'm certainly certainly so, interested. Yeah, I've still got the three PO, um, a wonky R two D two, and I think Yoda. The boys have got him. The Yoda was really good. The Bendem? Yeah, because he was so small, it literally mm-hmm. looks like a, a good sculpt of Yoda. Man, it does work out like that sometimes. Rarely, yeah. but it does work yeah. out. Now, I, I was going to ask you, uh, taking it back to toy photography for a moment, what are what are, are some of your favorite photographs that you've taken? Because I think I've sort of curated from your Instagram some of my favorites, but I'm curious as to what those are for you. I think it's a really simple one, but one of my favorites is a, a shot I've done of Leia. Mm-hmm. In the Last Jedi, it's just a black and white shot. And I folded up the cape, and it just captures her eyes. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, that was from the trailer, right? Or yeah, I, it was in the film. Yeah, you see it in the film was... when she's waiting on Crate. Mm-hmm. And that just that shot of Carrie with the, with her coat folded up. I just really wanted to try and recreate that. Mm-hmm. And it, it to, to this day, it is one of my favorites. That's and awesome. It's just something simple. It might not be my most popular photo, but for me, there's just something about it. Well, that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I've actually looked that up, and that is an impressive shot. There's a little cheap um, macro lens I screwed onto the camera, because mm-hmm. I'm always on a tight budget. So, What are you shooting with? It's a, a Canon EOS 1300D. It was a Christmas present uh, for my wife after she realized I started really enjoying toy photography. Oh, that's great, man. That's so, that's a really nice camera. I thought I'd better up my game now and start uh, really taking this a bit more seriously in my spare time. Well, you have amassed quite a collection. The pressure that comes with it as well, though, I find. That I find when you've got more of a follower base, you feel like, right, I need to start finding, making more time now to get more content out there. Sure. Is, I... It's quite difficult when uh, you're working full-time and trying to do a house up at the same time. Yes, sir. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Well, I, I, I'm pretty familiar with what you mean, I think. Maybe not exactly, but I, uh, I, I feel similarly in that there is that pressure to, to produce content. And I personally, I've slowed down quite a bit because, like you said, it's the time. You have to prioritize what's important to yeah. you and where you're going to spend that time. And, uh, and if I'm always running around trying to put content out, there's a very high chance that it's not going to be good. Yeah, totally. So it might be good to, to step back from time to time. Um, and spending time with the old kiddos. Exactly. Yep, there's yeah. actually nothing I would I would rather do. But the, the good thing about my new shot, I suppose, I was working with one of my sons doing it this time because he, he's getting a bit older now. Mm-hmm. He starts to understand. So he was helping me with lighting, which was really nice. That is awesome. Yeah, it was, it was quite a nice moment. Normally, they just think, oh, dad's taking photos again <laughs> he's taking but, photos of toys and we yeah. can't play with them oh take a photo of this dad and as you're bending over and like flashing their bums or something <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so helpful <laughs> yeah well these days those photos send dad straight to jail so. <laughs> yeah it's not like it was back in the day right yeah hello. <laughs> um so what kind of photographs have you yet to attempt speaking of um, what what's on the on the horizon for you? What would you like to tackle? Um, I definitely want to tackle some more Harry Potter shots because mm. I've got some sets I've had from last Christmas and I still haven't built yet. Because the the trouble is with Lego, it's such an addiction that you run out of space. 
Mm-hmm. You're trying to make space before you can build. Um, but I, I really want to start tackling some NECA figures because I've had um, a Terminator 2 figure I've always wanted to shoot. Uh, a T-800 figure. Oh, nice. Is it yeah, one of the recent ones? It's, I've had him for 12 years. Oh, damn. Not so maybe recent. not. Is it the ex- uh, endoskeleton or is it no, uh, it's Arnie? The, the the battle damaged Arnie one where he's got one arm, the grenade launcher. Oh, uh, nice. Exposed uh, skeletons and just wires hanging out of one arm. That was the end of T2, right? Yeah. Sweet. But I, I was gutted. It didn't come with a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. You know, that's another one of those movies that just randomly pops into my head like every three days, you know? Yeah, I'll just be like making the bed, and I'm like, you know, it was fucking awesome, Terminator Two, yeah. and I'll just like reminisce. One of the only <laughs> sequels, which is almost better than the first. So I, I want to kind of get an idea from you, having done this for a while now. What sort of advice would you give to an aspiring toy photographer? Don't worry so much about the lack of figures that you've got. Just concentrate on creating good content with what you've got. When you start following other toy photographers on Instagram, you start feeling the pressure, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Just do your own thing. Take advice, but just do your own thing. That's really good advice. That's really good life advice, I think, as a matter right, of fact. Yeah. Feel yeah, inspired, we get... but don't copy, I suppose. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I know we yeah. um, we tend to, to feel that pressure for sure. I do, anyway. I can certainly identify with what you said. I'm like, oh my god, I should have X amount of followers, or I should be taking these kinds yeah. of photographs because that's what is getting shared. Or um, So I definitely can appreciate that. So I uh, I wanted to, to talk to you about your toy photography, obviously. And uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to switch gears a bit and... Uh, Talk a little bit about Star Wars. Which is where our conversations normally go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, in, in life. You know, it's kind of funny. There was a, uh, I had an idea for a podcast, and I almost don't want to share it just in case I ever get the opportunity to come back around to it. But uh, as you know, my wife, Maggie, she's on the show every now and then. And yeah. uh, so she suggested that we start a podcast where we haven't quite figured out what we would what we would be talking about, maybe like, you know, uh, life situations and how to deal with them. And she would carry it and I would find a way to slide in there and just talk about Star Wars. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, you know, that actually reminds me of the time in A New Hope when Luke was bitching about wanting to go to the Tachi <laughs> station <laughs> and just like, you know, build off Star of Wars that. in real life. And just, uh, you know, essentially talk about Star Wars and totally, you know, like, leave the original conversation in the dust. Well, but, the guys uh, who work with me just don't understand how I can talk so much about Star Wars. They, well, they hear the music on my phone, oh, he's watching another Star Wars video, or he's listening to Star Wars music. It is a transcendent love. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only, the only way that you I can always talk to Wars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I don't know if you noticed or if you had seen, but there um, there was a lot of hype recently about uh, a show coming out on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. I believe Ooh. the trailer was released. Hence uh, my new post I did on Instagram. Yes, yes. So I guess you did catch that. Now, along with that, we also received a first look, I guess if you want to call it, or a sneak peek 
at Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, you dude, I'm not remotely burnt out. So how are you? How are you feeling about these upcoming releases? Well, I'm really excited for Mandalorian, but I don't know when I'll be able to watch it. Yeah, that seems to be the the talk. Yeah. I think early 2020. Is that um, the the is, tentative is the, release date? That's what Star Wars UK, um, the official account, have recently said. Mm-hmm. But there's no official date. Well, that is complete bullshit. I, yeah. So. Yeah, you had told me. A, I think using my Jedi pirate skills, huh? Well, there is one one silver lining that I had read earlier. In fact, I think it was a post from uh, a user on Instagram uh, that it was going to be a weekly release that we weren't going to be able to binge it. Yeah. So that helps a little, but early 2020 could be, I mean, obviously from January to, you know, if you're talking about the first quarter, you know, (laughs) the season could pass. Before yeah. you guys get in, that would be extremely uncool. It's this is do with all these different companies having different licenses, mm-hmm. and it just it just causes chaos. Like look at what's happened with um, Spider Man. Right. Yeah. It's just there's no need for it, but Red everyone tape. wants their piece of the pie. Yeah, I I think the thing was I had first become cognizant of that when Jude hadn't seen certain parts of Rebels because it hadn't been released in the UK. But yeah. we had seen it over here. And as you know, and I'm not going to spoil anything now, but there was a huge sort of ending to that series that really kind of yeah. reframed <laughs> the force and put it in a new light. And everybody was talking about it. I mean, I had it spoiled for me because I don't have cable and you know, I wasn't able to watch it. Yeah. So this huge thing got spoiled for me. And then all you guys over there in the UK had it spoiled for you. And I don't know how long you had to wait. So you'd think that they would see that and be like, oh, wow, these people who are willing to give us money hand over fist um, just keep getting screwed and we're not doing anything about it. So I, yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm ready to sign up for Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> the money is right in and they, they're just <laughs> dragging their feet. Yeah, man. No, it's, 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 hard, it's hard enough trying to avoid Game of Thrones spoilers because you guys got it on like a Sunday night and we got it on a Monday right. night. You, you could stay up to like... 2 a.m. our time on a sun. Well, it would be Monday morning, 2 a.m. But I don't really want to do that before work. So no, I can't say that I blame you. Well, I've got my fingers crossed, and I'm I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. So hopefully, that's something that we can. Uh, yeah, even if the even if the Mandalorian can. was just released to be mm-hmm. able to be watched, and then we just get Disney Plus in the new year. But as far as the Mandalorian goes, what are you expecting from it? What are you hoping for it? Or hoping for from it, I should say. Just really want to enjoy it and just mm-hmm. sit down and binge watch an adult Star Wars series. I, I've got nothing riding on it. I'm not like, oh, I hope, uh, I hope it's Boba Fett, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think it is. No. I'm curious to see how um, the galaxy lies after uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be. Um, yeah, especially maybe a little darker. With all the, um, the Stormtrooper helmets and spikes and stuff. Yep. I, I think there was probably a great deal of civil unrest after yeah. the galaxy, or excuse me, the Galactic Empire started faltering because, I mean, you know, citizens uprising, dude, they, especially towards the Outer Rim, where... Yeah, especially the gangs. Yeah, where the, the Empire's presence was tentative 
or their hold was tentative at best. Because the, the Nikdos started uh, taking over from the Hats, didn't they? I think so, if if yeah. history, or if, if memory yeah. serves. According to the, the what little canon we have. Yeah, and um, speaking of that, um, and, and I, I definitely want to go forward with this idea. I do want to finish up with The Mandalorian, though, and simply say that I am really looking forward to seeing Pedro Pascal, because I think that dude is awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, especially after he played, who's who could easily be my favorite character in Game of Thrones, Oberyn Martell. Oh, um, <laughs> oh really, dude, really, that was painful. Yeah, I know, but oh. hey, he's wearing his helmet this time. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I think well, he might actually be okay. Yeah, um, I'm just concerned that they've got like the, this amazing actor in Pedro Pascal, and he's just mm-hmm. gonna have the helmet on for the whole series and hardly say anything. Um. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, there was... Uh, who am I thinking of? There was Bane. Bane comes to mind when you had that performance from Tom Hardy and his face was mostly obscured, but it was still an incredible performance. Oh, yeah. um, I, I feel like we'll probably see a good deal of uh, Pedro Pascal's mug in, um, in, in The Mandalorian. Um, especially... In some of those more the smaller scenes, you know, the more of the close quarter scenes, like his conversation with whoever it is that uh, Werner Herzog is playing, that was awesome. So you don't think it's going to play out like a Judge Dredd, and you just there'll be hints of his face. Mm. Uh, well, he, you know, that's a helmet. cool. That's a cool idea, and it certainly wouldn't be the first time anyone did that, and it would kind of keep that 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 uh, mystique if he never took it off. So maybe. Yeah. You know, I don't want to speculate too much, but maybe we'll see his face like towards the end, or maybe that will be kind of a thing that they build up to over the course of the series. I, I don't know, but that sounds sounds like it could happen. It could go either way. Do you think he's that character that was in the Aftermath books? Mm. Co- was it Cobb Cob Vance or something? That name sounds familiar. I, You know, I don't know. It could be, but I kind of get the idea that he is a Mando. Um, I don't know yeah. why I just said Mando. I hate that term, um, Mandalorian, because it doesn't. There's no O there. It's Mandalorian. Anyway, um, I think that he's supposed to be a Mandalorian. At least I hope. So probably not Cobb Vance. But speaking of, and we're getting closer and closer to uh, part of the conversation that I had uh, in my notes. We are getting into the Chuck Wendig territory, yeah. um, which I do want to talk about. Um, so if you want to if, if you want to move past the Mandalorian and into episode nine, I say we go for it. Right. Do you want I'll, to cover the um, the aftermath books? Um, well, I don't necessarily want to cover them um, so much yeah. as I you had mentioned Cobb Vance, and that's a really good question because I don't necessarily want to cover the aftermath books, but in talking about episode nine, yeah. Um, some of that stuff becomes relevant. And like you said before, I like to be surprised now. Um, I do have hopes for shows and movies, like you said. And I try not to have expectations now. That whole thing has been so brutal. Um, Total first world problem. Strictly speaking, though, um, I'm trying not to have expectations for nine. But I do have hopes, as I said. And this is what it's, it's so interesting that you kept sort of seeding that um, Chuck Wendig aftermath yeah. information into the conversation because the contingency so, plan. 
Yep, all the Star Destroyers and X-Wings in the trailer. I guess specifically um, the the Star Destroyers. Well, yeah, uh, they're um, original Star Destroyers. So I'm wondering if they've come from the Outer Rim for the unknown regions. Which is what kind of would lead us right back into the Chuck Wendig stuff. Yeah, because at the end, I think... um, is it what's the last book? Empire's End. I think so. Yeah. Um, Admiral Ray Sloan takes um, that huge Super Star Destroyer and some of the remaining fleet, and she just goes off into the unknown regions. You have, you know, in 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 the trailer, from from what I've gleaned and what we've all seen, I guess, you know, you have the stragglers from the Resistance, um, and it looks like they're just outmatched and outgunned in every level possible and then there's the star destroyers that you mentioned uh, it seems like they are in a really desperate really bad spot um and then of course the big the big thing that we all know about is uh the voice of palpatine and his presence in the uh you know the promotional material now so it seems pretty safe to say that palpatine is back in in some form or fashion but, but- the reason yeah, sorry, what I ahead. did notice about those uh, those star destroyers is that they're all they look dead. There's 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 no lights on or they That's just a good look point. like yeah they're all just floating there in total darkness and the lightning striking around them. We're we're gonna see that come into play in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, maybe they're being discovered there, or maybe the uh, yeah. the first order has arrived <laughs> and they're with, they're they're about to you know. Um, reignite them, so to speak. The reason I wanted to to kind of briefly gloss over the contents of the trailer, though, was because of the Emperor and and one character in the Aftermath book specifically. And I guess I guess I should say that there are some some spoilers here. Um, there are minor spoilers or major spoilers. I'm not sure how you want to look at it because at this point, all the discussion that I've heard, people don't seem to really be mentioning this or um, or bringing it up on Twitter or, or Instagram. I'm sure that there are people that have read these books, obviously. Um, but uh, the character of Gallius Rax. Oh, yeah. Who, who was like the little rapscallion uh, from Jakku, which kind of ties him to Rey yeah. in, in, a, in a way, in a way, not directly, obviously. But uh, he was the Emperor's sort of right-hand man. Uh, Palpatine he raised him. him. As a child, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yep. And yeah. he sort of groomed him and gave him insta promotions in the imperial navy and uh he is the key or the he was the initiator of the contingency as palpatine called it like so if anything went wrong or if he died basically gallius rax was supposed to wipe the slate clean because the emperor doesn't like to share obviously um he was supposed to wipe the slate clean so that no one could uh usurp or take on the role of, of of the emperor of of the Galactic Empire. So he just wanted to have everything wiped out and he wanted to have all of these ships moved to the unknown regions. Yeah, wasn't he trying to activate the core of Jakku to blow up? Yeah, and I have no reason why, I have no idea why, what the reason was. I can't remember and I don't necessarily believe that it was even in the book, like what actually was going on. I could be wrong. Yeah, there was a mention of like some Sith artifacts in there. Yeah, but yep, they don't I, really go into too much detail because I don't think they don't think he's allowed to go into detail in the book too much. No, Just drop little little seeds here and there. That's what that's where my hopes come into play because they seemed so relevant to the story, especially like 
there were only a handful of scenes, but you remember like the cult of Vader and the teenagers with the yeah, the acolytes or something. Yeah, yeah. dressing yeah. like Vader. They there was something about them like, that they could um, rebirth Vader with his lightsaber. Yeah, it was it was very bizarre. Yeah, like a, a ritual. I wanted stuff. to see how that was going to play out and how because at this point, you know, I don't think I had seen the Last Jedi. It hadn't been released, oh. and I was thinking <laughs> that. You know, maybe that would lead up to um, the Knights of Ren and kind of would give a bit of backstory on them and where they came from. But obviously that did not happen um, between the release of the last Aftermath book and the release of The Last Jedi. A lot of story didn't get continuation, but whatever. Um, there are a lot of things in Aftermath that look like they could possibly tie into the final movie of the Skywalker saga. I think we may see some of those things come to to fruition. One in particular, I know you are quite fond of one theory, one idea that I believe came from Joe. Is that right? Yeah, from my wife. Yeah. So, what is that all about, well, and how do you think that's going to play into the rise of Skywalker? Well, ever since she's seen uh, the Force Awakens, she's just gone on about the Razor Clone, mm-hmm. and as the years have gone on, I've I've I come to see where she's coming from with the theories that, you know, when they originally set out, there was going to be um, Luke's hand falling through space with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But then they sort of cut that out. But then I was wondering, Palpat- if, if you go with the old Legends books, Palpatine always tried to reanimate and reclone himself. And he always had a, a backup plan. Right. Like Ming never dies. Um, my wife's always believed that Ray is a clone. But she was taken away and brought up differently from all the other Ray clones. Mm-hmm. And as the films have gone on, like The Last Jedi, when that cave scene where she asks to see her family, and all she sees is just rows and rows of herself. And then you see these two figures come towards her in the glass, and then it's just her again. Mm-hmm. So, and she's always drawn to the dark side. Yeah. If you in the um, the Force Awakens book, I think is it Palpatine that's talking to her when she defeats Kylo. I really, I never read The Force Awakens. I, yeah, I've just, I did uh, The Last Jedi, the, but not yeah. that one. That's all, I mean, that is very fascinating. And I, I, number one, I don't see any evidence that contradicts that. That's important. And number two, I really like the sound of it. Because, yeah, it, it still keeps the fact that she's a nobody. But she, right. can still be, she can still be someone, you know, and be someone in the galaxy, I suppose. And then, of course, there's the biggest bombshell, I think, that has been dropped with uh, footage from D3. We have a dark ray. So oh, yeah. what do you think about that, and, and well, how does that fit into the theory? Well, I've watched it quite a lot. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Just, to, you know, even, like, trying to zoom in and look at her eyes. and But I've noticed she's wearing the same ring as um, Snoke. No shit. Yeah, you, you can um, see that. Yeah, if you you got you got to really look closely, but on her left hand, when you're looking directly at the screen, there's mm-hmm. a ring on her finger. Well, I know what and, I'm doing in just a few minutes here. <laughs> yeah, just go have a look. Um, but apparently, when I've read the um, the Last Jedi dictionary, visual mm-hmm. dictionary, the the ring that Snoke wears has got a black crystal on it. Mm-hmm. And etchings around it from the the Duarte. and that's supposed and, to that's supposed to be from Vader's castle, correct? Yeah, the the crystal is supposed to be from the caves under Vader's castle. 
but oh, the, the the Duarte, uh, you know, um, in Palpatine's uh, Senate room, his office, you know, his, right? There's four statues in there. I think you've mm-hmm. seen in Revenge of the Sith. I, and I, I have supposed a vague to be impression the, of them. Yeah, one's like hooded, and they're supposed to be the the, the something of the Duarte. Mm-hmm. Duarte and the etchings on Snoke's ring matches is is to do with the Duarte as well. Oh man, I really hope that that we get into some lore in this yeah. next movie. I really do. At, well, at this point, I'm almost afraid that there's too much that we need to talk about. Uh, you know, too much that to cover in in one film. Yeah, I, I'm hoping after episode nine we'll start getting some meat on the bones. In sort of the expanded universe yeah, stuff. There's there's. I find the stories lack any substance, you know, there's, there's hints, but it's almost like they can't go into too much detail until episode nine wrapped. I really hope that, uh, that that is something that happens. There is one book that, uh, that I was looking forward to. I don't know when it's going to be released. Probably, I guess if it's like all the others, it probably won't be until um, after the movie comes out. But I was a big fan of some of the stuff that Greg Rucka did for the journey to stuff. I don't know if you were ever into those books. Um, they were a little bit more geared to, I think they were technically young adult, but truth be told, I enjoyed those books a lot more than say the stuff that, uh, Chuck Wendig did. Um, there was one called, uh, and I could be wrong about the title. I believe it was called before the awakening. Um, Um, did you read that one? Um, three little stories about Ray. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just go ahead and say this right now. Because I know that for some reason there's the whole Mary Sue discussion about Ray that still seems to be going on. Oh. If you read that story, it is very clear that in in her isolation and when she was on Jakku, she had she had found all these flight sims, and uh, yeah. and she had been basically doing nothing but practicing flight simulators. Um, you know, and learning to fly various ships. Yeah. You know, from the time she and was she a was, kid, she was she was flying um, in atmosphere as well. Yeah. So the only thing she hadn't done was space flight. So it's it's a little frustrating still at this point when people are like, "Oh, how did she do this? How did she do that?" It's like, well, you know, I'm not saying that you have to involve yourself in all this stuff to be a quote unquote true fan, yeah. but there are so many things out there that are canon that did take place that kind of answer some of those questions. Yeah, and the whole discussion, how did she beat Kylo and she's had no training? Uh, she she literally has been fighting with a stick for right. years in a, in a horrible planet all her life. <laughs> when people are constantly trying to rob her and worse, I'm yeah. sure. Kylo's just taken a, a bow caster to the ch- to the, his side. He's bleeding everywhere. You know, we've, we've seen previously in the film what that bow caster did to stormtroopers. Exactly. A lot of times you have to use the old noodle. And uh, the but, answers are right there in front of your face. But and I've, I've noticed as well, she hasn't deflected one blaster bolt yet. Mm, that's a good point. That, and then so, in the trailer, you see the training droid, the little training robot. Yeah, have you noticed that in the trailer? No, I didn't see that. For yeah, when, the Rise when of Skywalker? Yeah, in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, when she throws the saber at the tree, mm-hmm. you see the, the training remote lift up. Oh, just okay. Just to the right. So I'm, I'm a... convinced that she's angry that she can't deflect. The shot, and she's throwing her saber at the at the at the remote, and the remote just sort of lifts up. Ah, and then she kind of discovers the the saber throw technique in the process. Yeah, 
That would be really cool. Something we've been doing in the computer games for years. <laughs> yeah, right. The only time we've seen it on screen, really, was Vader throwing his saber at Luke. Yeah, man. I this, can't remember this... in prequels throwing the saber. No, I don't think that no. they did. This uh, that was. Oh a yeah, Yoda and... does. Oh, does he? Revenge of the Sith. He throws it. In, throws it into um, a clone trooper outside the Jedi Temple. Yeah, I I haven't seen any of this. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I I have made peace with the prequels, but I haven't <laughs> sat down to watch them in a long time. Yeah, so you're doing this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I say that, but it was maybe two years ago. I did the uh, Machete Order. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Or like it's a specific order to watch the movies. No, what's the Machete but, um, Order? If I can remember specifically, you drop episode one completely because you do. And uh, <laughs> so you drop episode one because apparently the idea is that that there is my favorite people. prequel. They say that there's nothing in it that really like there are no story elements that are necessary to the saga and and uh, in episode one. So full of cool stuff, but nothing that really contributes to the overall story. So you drop that one. You watch episodes two and three or actually, you know, what? I think I may have I may have screwed this up already. I think the <laughs> yeah. The machete order is four, five, and four and five. So you get a cliffhanger with uh, Empire, and then you watch episodes two and three because it takes you back before the reveal. You know, Darth Vader says, "I am your father." Yeah. Um, so you're like, "Oh no, this can't be fucking true." So then you go back and you watch episodes two and three, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, it is true." And then you come back and you finish it with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's it. So it's four, five, two, three. And then six, without um, without episode one involved, and then you know it did make for an interesting viewing experience. I will yeah. say that it did reframe the stories in a cool way, so it was fun to do that. Oh, but you love that cliffhanger! Yeah, man, it's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, if if you're showing it to somebody who hasn't seen it before, yeah. you know, and I'm hoping that I can convince my daughter to sit down and watch all of them with me. At some point, there's no fucking way she's going to do that anytime soon. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I can convince her at some point to do that, I think that's going to be great. Because she still doesn't know that. Uh, I mean, she knows, but I don't think like she gets that Vader is, is Luke and Leia's father. Because um, she, she always forgets and she'll be like, so what, hang on. He's I'm like, all right, well, we'll do this properly sometime soon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes well, the thing is with my problem. boys, they confuse Anakin and Luke. I can totally see that. Though. Yeah, they're almost in in their heads when before Anakin becomes Vader, they're almost mm-hmm. the same person to them. You know, it's funny you say that because I, when I was really small, you know, like between four and six, I merged and confused characters from, and there were only three movies at a time. Yeah. So I I actually totally get that. Let me ask you, before we get into, uh, or before we wrap this up, what is the one thing that uh, that you're hoping to see, hoping to see, oh. uh, and uh, and not necessarily expecting to see, but hoping to see in 9? Oh, I'm hoping to see. <sighs> Vader's castle. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I hope, like, um, the Knights of Ren are in Vader's castle, because I thought it was such a cool place to visit in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I just want to go back there. What else am I hoping to see? Uh, all the Force Ghosts come back. You know, the, like the original draft for um, yeah. Return of the Jedi. It could happen. Just some big sort of epic battle in the cosmic world as well as the real world. Well, 
the, the in-movie world. Sure. Well, I mean, they've already used so much from some of the original drafts and concept art that the precedent has been set. So it could definitely happen. Especially with old uh, Palpatine coming back. I think for well, me, you hit the nail right on the head. That's that's what I hope to see the most. I mean, we already know that we're going to get the Knights of Ren in some form or fashion, but I really hope to see Vader's castle. More than anything, we had talked about Chuck Wendig's books and some of the stuff in there. You had mentioned Cobb Vance. That's something that I do hope to get some closure on, be it in The Mandalorian, which seems like you might be more likely to see that, especially since it looks like maybe they're spending some time on Tatooine. Um, But I would like some closure with Boba Fett because it seems like he really is dead, but his armor exists and someone has it. In the book, didn't they mention the the armor was found in um, in Sandcrawler? Yeah. And it's been good with acid. Yeah, yeah. It was all pitted and... I can't imagine anybody going into a Sarlacc to, to salvage stuff. No, well, that's that's how it's the risk you want to take, it, right? He so, he made himself like sheriff essentially, yeah. right? And took on Boba Fett's armor. So it's not him in the armor, but there is someone out there wearing it. And I just I just need closure. That's all. <laughs> I really need that. He's definitely um, got out. Yes, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, that's that. Just about does it for today, man. I am uh, I'm running just a little bit out of time on the clock. I do want to say, though, before we go, that I am extremely grateful that uh, that I was finally able to convince you to sit down and, and talk with me a little bit. So thank you very much. Oh, it's been great. It's been cool. Absolutely. And before we go, if you could, please, sir, tell uh, everyone where they can find you on social media so they can check out all these cool photos. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at snicked87. It's uh, the Wolverine sound effect uh, from the comics. S-N-I-K-T 87. And on Instagram, it's Summerfield 87. I really need to start working on some uh, better handles, but that's what we got at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on Facebook also? Um, it's Snickety 7 on Facebook, but not a lot happens on there. It's gotcha. Just, uh, the posts from Instagram just go on there. All right, guys. Will you all check that out? Snicked 87 or at Snicked 87 on Instagram. Definitely give those photos a look. Definitely want to check out that Leia photo that Luke mentioned too because it is really cool. And I think that all of you will enjoy it quite a bit. All right, Luke. Well, once again, buddy, thank you. And I'm sure that I will talk to you again soon. Take care, man. Thank you again, Luke, for being such a wonderful guest. The Sleeping Giant podcast certainly hit a milestone this month with uh, the inclusion of our conversation. You all wouldn't know this, I don't believe, but both Luke and I had prepared notes for a Kenobi discussion that just didn't make it to the show. We didn't even realize it at the time, but that is okay. We'll just have to get Luke back on to join us again. Hopefully, that will be sooner rather than later. Anyways, that is our show for this month, folks. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget that you can follow The Sleeping Giant Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, both at The Sleeping Giant Podcast, and on Twitter at TSG underscore pod. Please feel free to send us questions, messages, and comments, and I will read them on the next show. 
Once more, I've been your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte. Thank you for listening to the Sleeping Giant Podcast, and until next time. Right, yeah. It's for the kids, man. It's for the it's kids. For the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the kid. when we watched yeah. the original trilogy, we didn't really need any of that sort of uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's always been for the kids, especially now. You know that you've got to cough up almost ten thousand dollars to stay at Galaxy's Edge for yeah, so much for, for the three kids, days. Yeah. <laughs> Two hundred dollars to build a lightsaber. Yeah. I don't know any children that have the two full-time jobs necessary to, <laughs> <laughs> to make that trip, but whatever. Oh.